Hello, my name's Gary and this is episode 39 of EV Musings, a podcast about electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On today's show, we're continuing our beginner series and talking about maximising your EV range. As we approach the end of this season, it looks like we won't get Duncan Jones, uh, man-made moon, to come on and be our season finale guest. I'm still pushing to see if he'll come and speak to me for season three, though, so fingers crossed. As you might have guessed, it's just me this week. Simon's off cataloguing his collection of Barry White albums. In this week's episode, I'm addressing the newbie question, which goes along the lines of, how far can I actually go in my EV? It's a completely understandable question from someone who's never driven an electric car, or who's recently bought one and is concerned they'll run out of charge. I was chatting with uh, my friend John recently. He bought a 30 kilowatt hour leaf a month or so back. And he was wanting, I was wanting to know how far he'd gone with it so far. His reply, it surprised me a little bit. He said he was only going to use the car for mostly round town type stuff, with his wife's Toyota Yaris being used for longer distances. And when I asked him why, his answer was a typical one I've heard from new EV drivers who aren't confident of their vehicle yet. He said, I took a trip to my mum's the other day, 75 mile round trip, 95 mile range on the clock, but... Because of high winds, I ended up having to recharge on the way back. In effect, his GOM, his guessometer, had not been reliable enough for him to believe what had been said, and he didn't feel comfortable using the car for long distances. If you cast your ear back to the episode we did on the Leaf, episode 11, we did say at the time that the Leaf is a car where the GOM is not as reliable as some other vehicles on the market. There are many reasons for this, and none of which I want to talk about just now. But today I wanted to cover the whole concept of range for newbies and make it clear that there's nothing really to fear but fear itself and bladder anxiety, but we'll come to that in two shakes. Just a sidebar, the follow-up question from new owners is, uh, what happens if I run out of charge? Well, the short answer is the same as happens if you run out of petrol. Somebody has to provide you with some energy to get going. In a petrol car or fossil fuel vehicle, it's a plastic can of petrol or diesel. In an EV, it's a roadside charge from a rescue service or a quick tow to the nearest charger to fill up. But back to my friend. To put this in context, my car has the same battery size as my friend John's car. He was concerned about doing a 75 mile round trip because he needed to charge. In the last month or so, I've done the following journeys. My house to Portishead, Bristol, a 200 mile round trip. My house to Welling Garden City, 120 mile round trip, and my house to Northampton, a 220 mile round trip. None of these journeys caused me any concern, and I would have no problem doing journeys like this in the future. Friends of the podcast Neil and Leanne Roberts have a 24 kilowatt hour Nissan Leaf that they regularly took on a trip from Brighton to Huddersfield, a journey well over 250 miles each way. They don't do that so much nowadays as they've replaced it or they've bought an additional car in MGZ SEV. Now, there are three reasons why they, and I, have no problem doing these trips in a small battery car. One, we're aware of the actual range of the vehicle. Two, we plan the journey, ensuring we have suitable charges and backups. And three, we drive using the most efficient methods. So let's look at each of these in turn, starting with the range of the vehicle. Every EV has a maximum range that it will travel on a given charge. Despite reports you may have seen to the contrary, Once this range is reached, the vehicle will not just stop unexpectedly in the middle of the road causing dangerous conditions on motorways, for example. As the battery becomes more and more drained, 
the car will warn you. Below a certain level, it will start to reduce the amount of power available for things such as heating. And finally, it will drop into a very limited power mode, the famous turtle mode, in which the maximum speed is capped at around 30 miles an hour. If you don't then find somewhere to charge, it will finally come to a stop. But even then, you can knock it into neutral and coast down hills, etc., or push it to the side of the road. But it is important to understand what the usable range of your vehicle is. Let's take my car, the Kia Soul. Maximum winter range, about 105 miles. As a general rule of thumb, I don't like taking it below 20% state of charge. However, I will take it lower if I have absolute confidence that there will be a suitable charging spot nearby. Generally, 10% is my lowest comfortable charge, and that means in winter, from fully charged, I can go about 80 miles with a push to about 90 at a maximum. Once at a rapid charger, I will then charge up to 80% state of charge maximum. Above that, the charge speed drops and it takes forever to get that last 20% in. So this gives me about 80 miles on the go. If I'm then only going to drop it down to about 20 miles, it means my useful range after my first charge is 60 miles. If I know I'm going somewhere with good, reliable infrastructure, such as the hub at Milton Keynes with nine charges available, I will be comfortable making that range 70 miles. So once you know your vehicle, you may feel comfortable stretching the range a little. Many people are happy dropping down to 5% or even going regularly into turtle mode. Some are happy charging to higher than 80%. It makes no difference to the actual principle, which is know the range of your vehicle. So then plan the journey, ensuring you have suitable chargers and backup. Once you know the range of your vehicle, it becomes really easy to work out where you need to charge. Use one of the apps we highlighted in episode 30 to plan your trip accordingly. Drop in your start and end points, tell the app the maximum distance you'll go, which we've just worked out previously, and then identify a charger that is within that range, but has an alternate nearby that is still within your range. For example, if I was heading somewhere and I needed to charge in Northampton, I can check ZapMap and see that there are several rapid chargers in the Northampton area. One of them is just off the M1 motorway and it's an Instavolt with two units. If that's not available, I know there's a Polar 50 kilowatt charger a mile or so away. Another mile or two away, there's a Genie Point at Morrison's in the centre of town. The chances of all of these charges being unavailable is quite small. And even if they are, there are two Podpoint 7 kilowatt chargers at a nearby McDonald's. They'll be slow, but they will get me some charge. Let's take another example. The A303 down in the Somerset, Devon area. Up until recently, it was a bit of a charging wasteland. But now if I'm heading down that way, I have a choice of chargers. In Andover, on the eastern edge of the 303, there are three rapid chargers, an Ingenie, a Shell and a Genie Point, within a mile or so of each other, and that gives four different units to choose from. And then there's a rapid at uh, Thruxton Race Circuit, which is another few miles away. Further along, we get to Amesbury, where there are two separate Polar 50 kilowatt chargers within walking distance of each other. Go past Stonehenge and it becomes a little emptier. There are two Instavolts at Longbridge Deverell, and at Wincanton there are two Genie Points and an Ingenie Charger just off the A303. All of these are within 50 miles of Andover. Further down the A303, there are Instavolts at the A303 Cafe, and a Polar or Genie Point a few miles earlier than that near Chard. And the point of all of this is to say that as long as you have a main charge to aim for, with a backup on the way, the chance of running out of charge 
is greatly reduced. Simon and I, in our 1,000km journey last year, only had one time when we needed to use our alternate. We arrived at a podpoint rapid at a little in Doncaster to find an Ionic had started charging seven minutes earlier. We headed to our backup shell recharge unit about three miles away. No problem. So finally, drive using the most efficient methods, and this is by far the best way of ensuring you eke out the maximum range for your car. EVs work best at slower speeds. If you're pootling around town at 30 miles an hour or below, you'll get phenomenal range from your car. Higher speeds mean more drain on the battery. If you're doing longer journeys, it's often sensible to find the route that avoids the motorway. On a recent trip from Farnborough to Horsham in Surrey, the internal combustion engine route would have taken me up the M3, round the M25 and down the A24. But a slower and shorter route took me cross-country via Godalming, where I found a charger I could use on the way back. I also had an alternate in Guildford. The overall time taken was roughly the same, but I managed a better efficiency than if I'd been travelling on the motorway. If you do have to go on the motorway, the best way to maximise your charge is to stay at 60 miles an hour. This, in my experience, gives the best balance between speed and efficiency. Travelling at 70 is, of course, entirely possible, but will usually result in some fairly quick drains on your battery. I know if I travel at 70 rather than 60 or even 65, I can visibly see the range dropping on my gun. The other thing to do is monitor the power meter on your car. Most EVs have something similar to a rev counter on the dashboards, which displays the amount of power being used when you press the accelerator. It will also measure the regenerative braking function when you lift your foot. Try and keep this within the eco range that many cars have displayed. If there's no eco range, remember that the lower you can keep this figure, the longer you'll be able to drive. Another measure of your power drain is the efficiency reading. Now, this varies depending on which car you have and which country you're in, but it will look something like 3.5 miles per kilowatt hour or 0.35 miles per watt hour. In some countries, it's uh, reversed and it's expressed as 252 watt hours per kilometre or similar. The golden rule is that if you're measuring distance per energy unit, you want the number to be as big as possible, 5 miles per kilowatt hour, for example. And if it's energy use per distance, you want that number to be as low as possible. So 5 miles per kilowatt hour equates to 200 watt hours per mile. 4 miles per kilowatt hour equates to 250 watt hours per mile. And 2.5 miles per kilowatt hour equates to 400 watt hours per mile. Now, don't get me wrong. If you want to fly down the motorway in the outside lane doing 75 miles an hour and not worry about your efficiency rating or your consumption rating, there's no problem with that other than the fact that sitting in lane three is illegal and so is doing 75 miles an hour. But all this means is that you need to take that into consideration when planning your charging stops. Circling back to where we started, my mate John finished his note to me by saying, I now see why folks think a 200 mile range is comfortable. And yeah, he's quite right. Of course, he's absolutely right. But even having a 200 mile range won't remove the issues I've talked about here. You will still inevitably run low on charge on a long journey. You will still inevitably need to find a charger and you will still inevitably only have a maximum range you can drive in your car. Sure, it'll be longer than a car with a 100 mile range, but the calculation will still be the same. In fact, with a 200 mile range, you then start to hit a different issue, bladder anxiety. With my 80 mile maximum between charges, I never have the issue of needing to stop for a comfort break. But if I was doing, say, 180 miles on a trip, that can be the best part of three hours. 
During this time, you may start to feel the call of nature before you're ready to charge. So you're making an additional stop that you might not have done in a car with a smaller battery. Do you take that opportunity to charge or not? For more on range anxiety, see our episode six, where we discuss this in more detail. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners. You may have seen this already as it happened a few weeks ago, but the Gloucester Constabulary here in the UK is taking delivery of 75 electric vehicles from Nissan. They've now got 66 Nissan Leafs and 9 ENV 200s. And the result of this is a reduction of CO2 output by 900 tonnes per year and a fuel saving of £136,000. Currently, 21% of their vehicle range is electric, and they're looking to increase that to 40% in four years. These vehicles will all be charged on the 7 kilowatt charges that Gloucester Constabulary has on its campus. So great work, Gloucester Police. And that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact us, I'm the real Gary C on Twitter, or you can use the EV Musings Twitter account, Musings EV. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called so you've gone electric. It's available on Amazon worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and is a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Thanks. I've been checking the stats on that. Thanks to everybody who's bought that recently. Um, if you want to leave a, a review for it, then please do. Uh, links for everything I've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise our visibility and extend our reach in search engines. Thanks, as always, to my co-founder, Simon. You know, I asked him if he'd ever considered dropping his EV and getting a horse, and to my surprise, he said yes. And when I asked him where in his area he'd get a horse from, he told me it would have to be somewhere reliable, such as the hub at Milton Keynes with nine charges available. Thanks for listening. Bye.